Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm glad you're here with us today. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. Welcome to episode 15 of Recruiting Hell. And again today, we are very honored and privileged to have a great guest to launch more of our actionable side of Recruiting Hell to help you get a new or better job. You know, you can actually have a better shot at that new or better job when you listen to others. And that's a really important part, I feel, of this show. So our episode today, I initially wanted to call Interview 101. But I think that almost does a disservice to you as the listener because you know some of those simple things. And I think it does a very big disservice to our guest and doesn't probably quite stretch uh, stretch her legs, if you will, really give that uh, the best that she can give. So she's here because she has great things to share. And I have a feeling that some softball questions all day long about how to look when you interview or show up 15 minutes early really aren't going to be the best use of anyone's time. So as we begin this episode, we always take a moment to recognize and thank those who are just joining us. And of course, those who have listened for a long time. You're all amazing. And this show wouldn't go anywhere without you folks. Now, you may or may not know, uh, especially if you're tuning in for the first time, we do a quick catch up for those who are here uh, on their first go, mostly because I feel it's important to outline the purpose of the show and why we call it Recruiting Hell. It's not just a catchy name and fire graphics. So recruiting hell is a term that I use to describe the frustration of job hunting in 2020. If you head to any major job site or employer, there are endless opportunities, but it's gotten more and more difficult to land them for the average person. The whole goal of this show is to give you the tools to help find a job that brings you fulfillment and self-worth. Now, not everyone defines their self-worth on their job. But in American culture, we place a very heavy value on being a contributing member of society. And, of course, not hating what you do every day to pay the bills is a pretty big benefit to anyone. The whole goal of this show is to help you navigate through recruiting hell by avoiding the scam jobs, the bad employers, the too much work for too little pay, and the mental stress of being jobless or in a position that you dislike. We're here to help you keep your chin up after your 200th application with no response, your 50th rejection email this month, or a great opportunity ghosting you. So in a nutshell, this show is about helping people. And if I can get just one other person out there to land a new position and get them out of recruiting hell, that's a win for me, that's a win for that person, and it's a win for the show. So now that we're caught up on that, interviewing is that magical doorway to a career. And that's our topic today. And sometimes those doorways open really easily, uh, and we don't know why, uh, but sometimes they also remain firmly closed, despite our greatest efforts and uh, attempts to f almost force them open. I'm, I'm almost reminded of that scene from Lord of the Rings where they're trying to go into, uh, into the mines and they try to force open the, uh, the door, but they can't. Uh, but either way, our guest is here today to help us maybe have a little bit of that magic and understand where we all may be going wrong in our interviews uh, and using her deep experience to help maybe troubleshoot some of those with some great questions today. So my listeners, it is a pleasure here to invite uh, Barb Walla, executive coach and founder of barbwallacoaching.com onto our show today. Barb, welcome to the show. It is great to have you on. I am so happy to be here. And I like that this is all about helping somebody. Oh, so if I could help somebody, that, that would be great. Right. And I think that's, uh, that's oftentimes the, the impetus for most of my guests going, oh, I can, I can really make a difference in somebody's life. You know, oh, I'm in. Nice. You know? So yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So you and I, to set the stage a little bit here, Barb, we met via LinkedIn through one of my actual listeners here at Recruiting Hell who turned out to be one of your clients, correct? Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and this, this episode is, is dedicated to him. Uh, Thomas, you are a great guy. Um, I met him through the podcasting community I'm a part of. And of course, we all stitched that together, which is great. So uh, a big thank you to you, buddy. Um, and of course, uh, as you and I kind of felt that out the genesis of this episode, Barb, um, you mentioned that you've been doing this HR thing a long time. So giving our listeners a bit of an idea of your expertise. And I guess maybe what I would say, you know, they, in the gym, they say, if you put the reps in uh, since about the year 2000 or so, tell us the Barb Wallace story that got you here to this point of being this basically an HR expert. Yeah. Um, so the short story is I was working for a financial company and I was working for the um, manager who was in charge of recruiting and hiring 
financial reps or we needed somebody for the office. He, that was his gig. And he asked me if I would start to help him. Initial interviews, um, you know, a couple of things. What he learned was that people were telling me more because I was the first impression. I was the front office person. I was quote unquote, the receptionist, even though that wasn't really my, um, they were telling me more in that 15 to 20 minutes because he left them with me for 15 to 20 minutes. That's a long time. (laughs) mm -hmm, Then he was getting in an hour or two because I was not the person that was interviewing them. So they were telling me everything, you know, I, we talk about the, whatever it was. Um, well, it just kind of blossomed from there. He realized I was really good at it. So I just kept interviewing and then I started doing the recruiting and grew from there and worked for the financial industry for a long time, worked at a college, um, worked in corporate hiring executives, general managers. Um, but then I also helped hire machinists or whatever we needed on the manufacturing floor as well. And now I'm helping businesses doing consulting, um, still hiring engineers, sometimes people to help with invoicing or AP project coordinators, whatever it is that the companies um, need. So, so yeah, so I have seen a lot of resumes. I have interviewed a lot of people. I personally look at the resumes, which I know is rare these days. Yeah. So yeah, I can tell you what I like and I don't like. Oh, that's for sure. And and I think a an HR person who uses or who doesn't depend on an ATS system is probably a pretty rare gem these days, I would think. Yeah, probably has something to do with my age too, but <laughs> we won't talk about that. I that's, was 14. Uh, okay. Yeah. Twenty years ago I was fourteen when I started. I'm just saying. And that's yeah. okay. You know what? My I, I know some folks, my my wife included. She's 29 for the third, fourth time, you know, that's, yeah, there you go. and that's okay. And she loves being that age. And you know, anybody who says they're 29 for the X number of time, as long as you're young and hard, doesn't bother me. That's right. <laughs> Good deal. So now that we've kind of gone back in time a little bit and we caught up to present day, Barb, I've got a bunch of questions. Obviously you've seen a lot of stuff. And especially if you're still looking at uh, today's, you know, paper resumes, if you will, and it might be guys, mm-hmm. but uh, the, this is going to be an interesting one. Cause I'm really curious. Some of the, some of the great stuff you've seen and some of the, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with some easier questions and then we'll get that real sweet spot on sharing your fantastic advice here. So are you ready? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's jump into it. So first question, Barb, is we all know that follow-up is something really important in job seeking and mostly because job seeking, at least in, in my experience, has been very much like sales. Uh, you know, you have to stay at, at top of mind for your potential employer and be that kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that person. So from your experience, what kind of follow-up tactics work best for interviewees? And are there different things that work better for maybe a white-collar job versus a blue-collar job? You know, that's interesting, the white and the blue. Um, I would say kindness and all the things that your mom and your grandma taught you to, to be thankful, to be nice to people. You just do the same thing when you're interviewing with someone. So whomever you meet during that interview process, get their, get their card if you can. So you have their email so you can send them a personal thank you. Um, there's nothing worse than getting this bulk email with, you know, 16 names listed. It's nice if you, (laughs) even if you say the same thing. Um, but, and I, I do still get thank you notes like handwritten thank you notes. And those are great, but you don't need to do that. If you can follow up with an email. um, Yeah. You know, what do I do with it? I mean, I read it, but if I have it in an email, I keep folders. So I have your email. I'll put it in there. I'll remember that you, you know, that you followed up. Um, It's interesting that you talk about it being sales because you are selling yourself, but then at the other don't be the car salesman. I don't want you to be pushy. I don't want you to be, you know, sorry, car salesman got a bad rap there. But um, I, Some of the, that stuff is deserved. I get a bunch of friends who are car salesmen. It's like, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. So we don't, you know, but um, yeah, just, just be, be nice, you know? Um, and the thing is when you're interviewing, that's like, that's like the first date. You, you got to be your best, you know? So um, yeah. That's okay. the, so then is there anything different between the two uh, two oh, types of jobs, if you will? Yeah, no, kinda, I didn't it's say a big that. question. 
I honestly don't think so. Okay. I think that I, I really think, especially because I've hired both all the time. Um, a lot of times I find the blue collar people follow up with me better than the white collar. Um, I hate, like maybe it's a pompous thing. They just assume they hmm. did well enough and they're going to get it and they don't follow up. I don't know um, what it is, but yeah, I get a lot more, even um, office positions. I get more follow-up from those positions than I would from like a general manager or a sales manager position. It's just been my history over the last, you know, 20 years. Hmm. Interesting. And that's very, very unusual to hear that, uh, that there's a, a difference in the actual follow-up and maybe it's because of that presumptiveness uh, up the, up the chain in the corporate hierarchy, if you will. Yeah. Or the managers have assistants that usually take care of those things for them. So then it's just not second nature for them to, you know, we could guess, but I'm not sure. really sure. Okay. And and maybe there's yeah. a research paper there to be written or something like that, but perhaps it's very interesting to hear that there is a difference between the two. So if you, mm-hmm. perhaps there's a, a takeaway there, if you are a applying for what would be called a white collar job, make sure that thank you notice there. And if mm-hmm. you are going for a blue collar job, keep on keeping on, you know, you you may not stand out as much from that, but uh, for up, up the chain kind of stuff, maybe that's a, a actionable takeaway here. Good stuff. Correct. Okay. So this is next, next question is a bit of a follow-up. So we talked about, you know, how do, how do people follow up with you? And again, you said, you know, be kind, be, be yourself, be your, uh, you know, don't come across as presumptuous or pompous or anything like that can a job seeker be too hungry to be hired? You know, you, you talked about the car salesman, those guys are always really hungry for a sale. Can a job seeker be that person? And what, what kind of examples can you give to tell folks not to do? Yeah. Um, if, if you haven't had a position for a while, which mm-hmm. shows on your resume. So obviously right. right there, we know like you haven't had a job for six months if you talk about that a lot while you're in the interview um, and, and it's really just perspective. So if you twist it where I've had the opportunity, it's the choice of words that you use during these six months to do this, this, and this while I've been looking for a job instead of um, bad mouthing why you, you know, were let go perhaps from your previous employer bad mouthing things that they did, um, people that you worked with, and then talk about how if you don't get a job within a certain amount of time, I mean, I have had people tell me, you know, like, I've got three kids, and I've got a wife, and my wife doesn't work because I was working 70 hours a week, so she couldn't work, and now we're not making any money, and I need to get a job really fast, and, you know, all the things, and I want to know you personally, but maybe not that much, (laughs) so kind of... sure. You got to rein it in and there's a desperation. And when you're interviewing, I don't want to see it. Like I probably know that you are just try not to show it. Yeah. Okay. So so a lot of people say, you know, be yourself, but maybe the temper that with don't wear all your emotions on your sleeve and, you know, kind of, you know, regurgitate your problems onto people, perhaps like I (laughs) I think that's a, well, and the thing is, I do want you to be yourself. And honestly, if somebody is doing all of that, then I'll think to myself, when you're working, potentially you're going to be the person who's telling everybody all your problems all day long. So, because if you're going to tell me all your problems, <laughs> that's this true. Is the first time I met you. So, yeah. So be careful. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, you know, that actually, actually that they're going to be do a quick tangent question here. Uh, because you are, I'm sure you've dealt with people who, you know, they, they share things about themselves when it comes to somebody who maybe has something in their background that isn't maybe what an employer wants. Maybe it's a, a charge of something or, um, you know, they made a mistake when they were a younger person and, and people do change, you know, somebody who gets pulled over for drunk driving at age 22 and then has been sober, sober for 12 years at age 35 are probably different people. How do you, f- if you're that applicant, how, how am I best talking to you, Barb, about that? If, I, if I'm that person saying, I did this dumb thing years ago, I'm a changed man, how do I get that uh, kind of to work and not seem like, whoa, man, we, we, we got to stay away from this guy? I've actually had that happen often because we would have 
salespeople mm-hmm. who they had to be able to drive. Um, so I've had the younger ones where that happened when they were in college, but honestly, they were only 25. So right. it's still weren't sure they were out of that situation. But I did have a gentleman who actually did have issues with alcohol and went through treatment and everything. And he turned out to be a great hire because um, his was underage drinking. Mm-hmm. I think he was 18 or 19. Oh, sure. Probably didn't go get help, you know, right away. Um, and we talked about it right away. And the thing was, you can find out a lot about people, social media, all all the different things. He was married. He had a family. He had a long career. He was looking for a different position and he had a position. And the other huge thing is I am a great reference checker. So I don't ask you to give me three to six references and they're going to be the best person that you worked with at that company that you left. I ask you for um, people who were your managers and if you had any subordinates and your peers and I kind of have them make like an org chart. Okay. So then I can see who they worked for and I'll be like, I want to talk to this person. Ooh. Okay. That's yeah. something to watch out. For. Like for, as an applicant, that's something I would never mm-hmm. really expect to, to yeah. see and I, in a job interview. Really interesting. And I have to say, I learned that from an owner years and years ago, because that's not something that I would have come up with because, but then when you think about it, if I ask you for references, you're going to give me the best ones. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you're going to call the references and you're going to say, say, this is what I applied for. They're going to be calling you. Um, if I can check people and I don't just do the ones, obviously a lot of times if you're working, I can't check those. I don't just check the last job. I'll check two jobs, you know, ago. Um, so yeah, extensive references and you can find out a lot of things And this. And that particular gentleman, he had great character and, you know, I've lived life. I have brothers and, and things happen. Um, and I just don't want to judge somebody from something that they did, you know, 10 years ago, even that they're not going to change. That would just be sad. So. Wow. And that that's, that's refreshing Barb that like we, people who are seeking a job today just run into so, so much machine stuff, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's walls and it's, it's unyielding. It's unfeeling to hear a little bit of heart in HR from what you just said. That I think is yeah is a rare thing now, especially because again we we kind of hit everything behind metal, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sure. that that's you know if you're that person maybe out there listener, if you are that person who has that uh, that past that somebody might call checkered, you know HR is not your absolute enemy in this case, and sometimes yeah. you know if you're if you're a changed person, perhaps you can really do well. So that's great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good deal. All right, Barb. Now here's one I've really wanted to, to oh boy. L- lay to rest for a long time. No, and, and I think you're you're gonna have a great uh, great thought on it. So I'm a former millennial job seeker. I've mm. started my own company, all these things like that. I finally got fed up with with the thing, and I said, you know what, I can help people do this. Um, so a lot of times when I was actually, and this was year a number of years ago, as well as like two years ago for me, I've been unemployed twice in my life, which is fine. Um, I heard from, especially from a lot of folks who are like my parents' age and their their mid sixties or so, that the in person job presentation is really the way to go, and I don't feel like that's really good in today's market. So, in your opinion, is the old tactic of going to a business demanding to see the CEO or the hiring manager and you know saying I need an interview, is that dead? Why or why not? I would never do it. Um, so I would have people, excuse me, there would be a position, um, and I would have people come drop off resumes at the, when I was just working in corporate and they would want to talk to me. Well, I'm busy. So that was presumptuous that you could just, you know, show up and, and think that I was going to be able to talk to you. Um, but talk about desperate. Sorry. I think now that looks a little desperate. Times just aren't the same. Like I remember um, one of my first jobs in the eighties, you could walk in, it was at a bank. You could walk into the bank and hand them your resume. And most likely somebody would talk to you. Like they didn't even have an HR department, you know? Interesting. Not anymore. People, that's just not, it's just not going to happen. What is more beneficial for you is to go on 
their LinkedIn if they have a company sure. LinkedIn and or type the company name in LinkedIn and see people who work there. What's better for you is to reach out to an employee that works there. See if any of your friends are connected with the person who's there or that's way better benefit these days than um, taking your resume in cold, <laughs> especially if you want to try to meet with the, this would happen a lot, the owner um, and CEO and president of the company, you know, people would be like, I want to talk to him. That was never going to happen. He was never going to see you cold. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that la- I think that puts the nail in the coffin for that, which is great. I, I've been, been shrieking at people for, for years now. That, no, you don't do that anymore because yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's rude. Number one. Well, I think, And it looks desperate. It does. And the other thing too, is, you know, so many businesses nowadays have uh, security protocols too. You know, when you and I were talking about one of my past jobs, I worked in a locked building all day long. You couldn't come in and see people, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you did, you were treated with suspicion because it was, you know, the firearms industry and everybody <laughs> had, had guns. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> y'all could do concealed carry. Are you so. here? To, are you here to be a bad person? If you are, you're going to pay for it. But uh, exactly. So I guess in the, in the interest of making people feel more comfortable, less uneasy, more and be a more polite person that who might actually have a better way, chance of getting that job we can probably lay that to rest okay mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm almost relieved to, to hear that, that that's right because I've been, again i've been saying that to a lot of people for for a number of years now and they're like no no you got to do this because that's the way we did it in the 50s i'm like yeah that was the 50s <laughs> so okay all right so let's pretend for a moment barb that we got an interview uh, in this case. And so we know the etiquette, you know, you show up 15 minutes early, you, you be really kind to everybody you meet because you never know what they're going to say to, uh, to the CEO. And I think that that was part of your uh, experience, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, uh, you know, wear nice clothing, don't stink, uh, research the company in the position you're looking for. So what's the one thing that before an interview, nobody does, that is a huge stumbling block for them. That's kind of in that same vein. I love the don't stink. Um, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Please don't smell bad. Well, and that goes both ways. Don't put on so much cologne or perfume that it's overbearing. Yeah. Um, So I think the biggest thing is if people are interviewing for a host of different positions Mm -hmm. and you start to talk about your position, they kind of forget which position they're there for. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, when you were saying about researching and, you know, and all the things like maybe right before you go in, just look over that job description. Gotcha. Kind of reprime the pump almost, if you will. Correct. Because a lot of times people focus on what they've done in the past, which is good. We need your history. But I want you to, I'm going to ask you questions about the job description and I want to know how you're going to do this job. Okay. So if you can look at it and prepare yourself ahead of time as to how you're going to do this, what kind of employer are you going to be for me? Like, great. That's how you've been in the past. How, how are you going to do this? Um, are you a self-starter? Are you going to be able to, like this project coordinator position that I was just filling, a lot of it was personality because the project coordinator has to talk to the PMs and you got to keep them in line. And you're coming in brand new and these managers have been there a while, but you're going to be like, you didn't invoice this. You didn't, you got to keep this on time. You have, you know, a host of things. Can you do that? Um, So yeah, that's a huge thing. Another, besides looking that company up is I always suggest people go on Glassdoor. Okay. Or just do a Google search to see if anybody's reviewed the company. Kind of maybe even do that before you apply for the position, just in case you see some, bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah that's, that's just a tip, but I spent way too much time on glass door over the past few years. And I've, man, I've seen some crazy things. I know. And when you see 10 of them and they're kind of all consistently bad. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be there. Right. And then that's maybe an overall red flag for the company, right? That, that's, Correct. So discounting that I think is, is important as well. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think you have a really great thought process there with the 
refresh yourself on the job that you're at right now because you probably just applied for four more while you're in the car or whatever. Yeah, so. and it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like when you're on a date and you want that person to feel like they're the only one that you're dating. Mm-hmm. That's I want to you know I want to feel like this is the job that you really want because if it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work for me to interview you and to go through all these things. And then at the end of the day, have you say, you know, I was really more interested in this one. So um, just make me think so that it's worth my time that this is the one you really want. Okay. Now then that puts a little, little tangent question here. There are a lot of jobs out there that just kind of suck. I mean, like it's, (laughs) and it's not because it's low pay or anything like that, but it's really uninteresting. There's a lot of like, uh, I'm trying to think what what a good example of is 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 of this that I've seen lately, but you know the ones that are really either low skill, repetitive, whatever it might be. What's your advice to somebody who is maybe an interviewee trying to show enthusiasm for a job that just isn't really? I don't want to say worth getting excited about, but like, let's pretend I'm going to go get hired at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I don't have a passion for. Well, I love fried food, but like dropping fries all day. I don't have a passion for that. Sorry. Like what, what's the, what's the tactic to kind of, I don't want to say fool, but mm-hmm. be genuine. Yeah. Or sweeping up after people or yeah, taking out the like, trash. Um, I think in that instance, it's more about personality and you can be the um, I'm organized. I'm, you know, all the things and just focus on yourself and all the good things about you and your character and maybe not so much about sweeping okay. or, you know, doing, and the thing is it's, there's a job for everybody. And if, if you need that job and that's, you want to use that because you're going to go to school or you want to use that because you have no job experience at all and you have to start somewhere, then just do it the best that you can. And, and yeah, don't, don't, don't feel belittled because someone's got to do that and that's okay if that's what you need to do for a couple of years before you can move on to the next thing or if you end up being the manager of mcdonald's fair enough you, know? Maybe you start your own franchise right there you go <laughs> good they feel like a lot of people in, in life and history are always like i worked my way up from you know this position now i'm the king so that's always good <laughs> no i'm the king yeah i'm not the owner i am the king right. hey <laughs> at, at a certain burger restaurant you could be the burger king <laughs> that's true this is true Good deal. All right. So back, shifting back into the interview uh, portion of this, Barb, uh, as far as, you know, when, when somebody goes in and has maybe you sitting across from them and, and is either coming in for round one or maybe round two, what are your opinions on someone who's a note taker? Uh, I'm in a few minds about it myself, and there's a sales tactic that, tactic that I've been taught that I've used to some success with taking notes when it comes to an interview do you feel that an applicant who asks to take notes adds to or detracts from their job prospects? If you're t- taking notes the whole time, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm personally not going to like that because okay. I like more the conversation thing. And I want you to be looking at me because I, the whole eye contact thing. I do, however, think some of the things that are said, you don't want to forget when you're in an interview. Okay. So I would always take, a notebook and a, a pen to, if they say something to say, is it okay if I write that, you know, write that down and ask the inter? I mean, no, they're never, no interviewer is going to say, no, no, you can't take notes. Um, I wouldn't want to be recorded, but. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. So, so yeah. because some people would, I'm sure take notes that way. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't think you're really paying attention. So, and, and I'm, saying that from myself, when I go into um, like a seminar or something, I'm a copious note taker because that's how my brain remembers things. But when I'm interviewing people, I'll just write a couple of things down just because I don't want to take time away from what it is that they're doing. So I'm interested, what's your sales tactic that you use for the note? Sure. Yeah. This is actually a really, I think I learned this from Jeb Blunt, who's a uh, guy, I, he founded a, a website called Sales Gravy, and he's, he's a very good uh, business-to-business salesperson. And Jeb's tactic that he taught uh, taught me through his book 
uh, was that you always ask to take notes in an interview because it starts a chain of yeses. As you said, Barb, nobody tells you you can't take notes, but it primes the pump, as as I said earlier, to indicate another yes. And the whole, the whole tech technique and the tactic is to build a progressively higher chain of yeses, starting with something little. May I please, uh, may I please take notes? And you have to ask it in an affirmative in this case, because you can't, if you say, do you mind if I take notes? The answer is no. And if you say, can I take some notes? The answer is absolutely yes. So the, the, it starts them in that positive uh, positive mindset, if you will, about you. And then, of course, you have to ask other questions to get other yeses and things like that. And eventually, the last question is, do you want to hire me? And, and you don't necessarily ask that to them in the interview, mm-hmm. but uh, that comes down the road. So that, that's the, the technique that, uh, that I guess everybody now knows, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, I like that. I like. I I thought it was too. I've had some pretty good success with it, which is great. So, all right. So, still in the interview, Barb. When a hiring prospect shows up, what are you expecting out of them? When what makes you say that person has my attention? Well, they tell you to always dress for the job that you want. Not always the job you're interviewing for, Mm -hmm. but the job that you want. So if you're straight out of college and the only position that they have is a low IT position, um, but you want to be the IT manager someday, then dress nicer because dress for that position. Um, so I want, I want you to show up looking good, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I also want you to be prepared and I don't mean, well, and we talked about, you know, reviewing the job description. Yes. But the prepared is also, you know, when they tell you to show up early, um, use the restroom if you need to. Uh, do all the things that you need to take care of rather than you're interviewing at 11 and you show up at 11 and then 15 minutes later, you're finally ready to talk, Ooh. you know. Wow. So, um, <laughs> I'm sure you've well, had yeah, plenty because, of those. Well, because people ask you if you want something to drink or, mm-hmm. and normally the way that it goes now is for example, the company that I'm working at, there's a receptionist. So she'll greet you and, you know, get you situated in a conference room, find out if you want something to drink, you know, and that whole process takes a little while. And then the other thing is I always let her know when someone's coming in for an interview because she now does what I did back in the day and stands and talks to that person <laughs> for a few minutes, you know, they, they tell you, and we've all seen this too, the way you treat the receptionist or, or the maintenance man, if he has to stop by, you know, the way you talk to people and treat all of them means a lot. So your character is being watched as much as how you're answering the questions. Right. Actually, the, one of the best pieces of, of career advice I ever got was from my dad. And he said, when you get out into the business world, you should, you, we, we have always taught you to treat people who are serving you at a restaurant incredibly well, because some, you will be at dinner someday with somebody important and they will be watching. Mm-hmm. So don't, it's uh, it's true. Yeah. It's it very, very interesting. So, okay. Yeah. And that's, I guess that preparedness is, is what maybe snaps a person to your attention or is that fair to yeah, say? I would okay. say, I would say being prepared and also, um, I get to see how you interact with other people, you know, usually because of where the conference room is. And then I can see, you know, what's, what's happening. Um, what you're doing when I walk in the door, are you flipping through your phone? Are you tapping your fingers? You know what it is? Cause that's, that speaks more to your personality than like how you can wait, how patient you are to wait for someone to come in. Like I said, it's, People think like it's the questions. Um, it's not always the questions. It's yeah. Okay. There's the big secret right there. <laughs> That's actually, <laughs> yes, so no, it's not always the question. You mentioned the phone. Um, now I'm trying to, you know, I've got, got mine here. This is like, my business is based out of this mm-hmm. and I'm, is it, is it a bad look to be on your phone? If the second that you walk in, I silence the sucker and put it down. Is, is that a bad look? Is that a good look? I don't know. I would prefer you to leave your phone in the car. 
Ah. I cannot even tell you how many times people think that they've silenced their phone and their phone goes off. <laughs> and it is just, um, I, and I understand, like I said before, like we all, but the conscious effort to be like, I am going to give all my time and attention to this person who's going to interview me and I'm leaving my phone in the car. That speaks volumes. So, gotcha. and I know, cause my business is on my phone too. And so I've got three different business emails, you know, on there. I love to, when I've got a little bit of time, just kind of scroll through. And if I can answer something real quick, you and know, I feel accomplished quick, yeah. and all the things. Mm, yeah, no. So skip it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I've always been a fan of, of totally turning my phone off before an interview yeah. because then it's not like I screwed it up. You know, I still have the, the unpowered unit in my pocket, you know, mm-hmm. just because sometimes I've been at job interviews where I don't want to leave a $700 phone in the car. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. Sure. But if, and if you do I turn you it know. off and have it in your pocket, yeah, oh, that's one thing, but I do understand box, yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, hmm, do I want to leave my phone right, here? Like, mm, that's going to be a problem. Really? Do I want to work here? <laughs> I don't know. You know, there are some great companies that are in, crummy parts of town sometimes and it, that is true you know whether the the neighborhood decayed around them or is on the way back up you know that's always something that's kind of interesting yeah all right so now we've got a lot of the serious stuff out of the way and barb you've been doing just just knocking this out of the park for for some of this so uh a slight gear change here uh because you mentioned you have a bunch of stories and i'm sure you know you have 20 years in the industry you're gonna have a bunch of stories <laughs> Um, and I want this to kind of lead into a, a much deeper question. So this first one's a little bit less uh, and maybe a little funnier, if you will. Uh, but you mentioned that you've seen some pretty crazy interview gaffes. What's the worst thing you've seen somebody do? Gosh, the, the worst. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the or maybe gentleman. Top three. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I have two that really stick out. Go for um, it. The, the gentleman who, I thought he was going to be such a, <laughs> this is so hard. I thought he was going to be such a great candidate. It was for the financial rep position. Sure. Um, and he came in to the office area because there were a host of different offices. We were in a suite. He came into the suite and he asked where the restroom was. And he went. And when he came back, <clears throat> Um, I'm, almost, I'm almost concerned now. <laughs> you mentioned the you, restroom. I'm like, oh god. As you should be. He didn't um, zip up his pants, and there were some, um, <laughs> like, I want, I want to say, I would, I would like to say this. I would like to say he washed his hands and got some on his pants, but I don't think that's what that was. Um, so when he walked back in, so mind you, I had seen him when he came in and then I saw him when he left and then he came back and I'm like, okay, none of that was there before. Um, so I of course didn't say anything to him because, you know, um, actually we were about the same age, like Mm thirties and, um, but I did, when I went into the manager, I said, FYI, his flies open. Um, you know, maybe when you come in and he stands up, you could just give him a, he didn't, I don't know why he didn't. I have to say that was probably one of the shortest interviews. It just all went downhill from there. Wow. Not on my point. I didn't interview him. Um, the, the manager did, but yeah, that was not good. And then I had a young lady that came in and she hadn't brushed her hair. Um, she had yesterday's makeup on, which you, could tell um you know it was like a walk of shame situation it looked like she had the outfit on that she had worn out the night before the the whole thing so um that wasn't a good look not a not a good look so those two really stand out the ones who um you're applying for a maintenance position and you are in a maintenance position and you come and you show up in jeans but you have a nice polo shirt on I don't blink an eye at any of that. Sure. Because you came from work. I get it. Um, but yeah, maybe brush your hair. It's a good place to start. <laughs> a good place to start. <laughs> a really good place gotcha. to start. 
Well, okay, yeah. so that we have a couple of do not do's there, which is good. Yes. But I, I asked you that question because I feel it's a bit connected to this next one, which again is a much deeper thing. Again, mm-hmm. we talk we're talking about a lot of serious things. Uh so you know a little levity I think is, is useful. So you've seen some things that are like, whoa. Um, and I've seen some really strange stuff too. I used to do some hiring, uh, for mm. uh, some of my past companies and man, so I don't, I don't ever want to get down on somebody because, you know, they're, they act unusually or anything like that, but mm. you kind of wonder how things go for them in the rest of their life. And it's, and you know, again, not knocking them or anything like that, but like, man, you really, hmm, you do that and people accept that. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times you know, what I, what I feel and a lot of things that I've heard people in uh, our listener circles say is that when they interview, they really love feedback. And I think obviously, you know, your people who are your horror stories, you know, they could definitely use feedback, but most of us would, you know, would probably benefit from, you know, maybe more professional level feedback of, you know, Hey, why didn't I get the job? Well, these, these qualifications, not you had your pants down or whatever it might be. So my question is, is why don't more hiring managers and HR departments give feedback to applicants? It seems to me like it would actually build the quality of applicant that you get. Um, legally, nobody wants to do that. But why not, I guess, is, is, the, is the question. And maybe that's what I feel to understand. Yeah, you have to be so careful. So, and this would happen with corporate all the time, mm-hmm. um, especially the higher level, they would, especially if they thought like we had a good connection sure. and they would be like, well, why? But yeah, I could have a good connection with them. But in my mind, I would know because at the last corporate position that I held, which I left a year ago to start my full-time business, I, I would try to think about the culture at the manufacturing division. Sure. And I knew they wouldn't be good with the general manager or, or all those things. But that owner of that company specifically told me when I work, started working for him, if a candidate asks you, please do not ever tell them why the lawyers had told them, you know, you don't, especially in writing, you don't want to have that in writing that somehow they could twist it and you'd end up with, you know, with a lawsuit. So, um, and it, and it, Yeah. I just don't. And it's very hard for me. Very hard. You know, and I have to say something that's even harder for me now with my consulting role is when people are applying for positions and their resume is just a mess. I kind of want to be like, you know, I know you applied for this position. Can I, can I help you? You know, <laughs> sure. I, you know, nominal fee. Um, I can help you with your resume. I can help you with LinkedIn. I can help you with these things. Cause no, even the, even the robots or the, you know, they're not going to pick up because you don't even have the right words in your resume. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, unfortunately you really, you really can't. Got it. So it's, we, I've, I've heard that, you know, the lawyers saying no, what are the lawyers telling company owners, HR departments, what exactly are they telling you not to do? Um, and I guess I don't want to say I mean, the, the, the why behind it is we don't want to get sued, but mm-hmm. what, what are they afraid of getting sued for? Well, there's so many discrimination things because it can be if, um, if I interviewed 10 people and one of them was male and he didn't get the position um, he could say he didn't get hired because he was male. Like no matter what I said, if he, so if I would say something and he would take it a step further, then the EEOC could come after and say, how many people applied for this position? What were their ages? What were, you know, all the things. So, and now with women, um, we're considered a protected class, like the minute you're, you know, over 40, um, when you're 50, when, you know, all the things. So, there's just a host of things that it just starts the snowball. You can say the most innocent thing in the reply back. Like we just, you know, you didn't meet this, this, and this, and then that'll start it. And one of our divisions was in California. Ooh. And let me tell you, there are people in California that don't have jobs. They haven't had jobs for a while. They're professional interviewers and they try to get you. And then they sue you and that's how they live their life. So is it interesting 
very interesting hiring people in a different state. Inter- so, okay, so, so very cautious. Almost, it's kind yeah. of a this is why we can't have nice things. Yes. So, wow. Okay. Well, and and I don't want to say that that kind of kills the other two questions. Like I had three or four questions based around this, but if most companies are being advised by their legal counsel to, you know, not yeah, don't do it, not do this. I guess that then asking if there's a good and polite way to be more forceful in your desire for feedback with with HR just isn't isn't a thing because they're not going to give it to you anyway. Right. So your best thing to do is hire a career coach. Okay. Like me. And then (laughs) we, little plug. plug. And then then it's good. I do mock interviews with Mm -hmm. people because people get so nervous when they're interviewing. And it just, I have to tell you when I would interview people, Oh, that would just like be so hard for me because I'm like, don't be so nervous. It's okay. Um, and then I would always have people at the end of the interview, they're like, I told you things I have never told anybody before. But part of that is because I try to get them comfortable, you know, so right. I want them to be able to tell me things. But um, so any career coach can help you with a mock interview ahead of time, but they can also help you after the interview. You can go over what it is that you said, what it is that you did. And if, if they're good the coach is good at what they're doing, they should be able to give you the feedback that you're hoping that you would get from the HR department that they're not going to give you. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is you have to remember, it's never just that interview. How responsive are you to somebody's email? You know, all of those things. When I ask you for something like you had great interviews and then I need that org chart so I can do your reference checks. How long does it take you to get it to me? Um, Are you getting me your transcripts that I requested? All, all the things. If it's taking you a really long time, in my mind, I'm thinking when you're working for that company, are you going to have good follow-up? Are you going to have, you know, so it's always more than just that interview. Gotcha. And, and what's the, what's the time frame for you, you know, personally, you know, if, if you asked me as an applicant, hey, Rob, can you get me the, uh, the org chart from, from your last major job. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll I'll get it to you. And let's say it's a Monday. If I get it to you by Wednesday morning, am I fast enough? Am I slow enough? Where, where, where does that line fall? Oh, that would be perfect. Oh, okay. All I really, and, and sometimes the org charts can take a little while because they'll actually like physically go get the org chart from where they're working now or wherever, which is great. Um, I think it's more, just give me some kind of response within 24 hours. Okay, it's kind of so like without, without throwing my husband under the bus, it's kind of like when I say something to him and he doesn't respond and I'm like, did you hear me? <laughs> you know, all gotcha. I need is a, um, you know, thank you for this. I will, I'll get back to you by Wednesday. Um, if it takes longer than that, I'll let you know just something. Gotcha. And then of course, so. keep your promises with your deadlines, right? Yes. Good deal. Huge. All right. So we got the last few questions here, Barb, and I think this is probably one of the deepest ones so far. Oh boy! Oh, and you're, you're going to know you're going to know parts of it, I, I think, because it's uh, so when an applicant is answering questions from somebody like yourself, uh, whether it's a one-person interview or maybe it's a panel of five or whatever it might be, what answer format should they be looking for? Uh, I've heard that Star is really great, and it admittedly feels a bit worn out, you know, star is situation, task, action, result. Uh, you describe, you know, what the situation was. And I'm just doing this for our listeners to make sure that they don't know what star is. Uh, describe the situation, what task needed to be completed, the actions you took to take it, and then how it turned out, which is result. Um, and again, that feels really old hat in 2020. What is there a new, is there a new method by chance or is tried and true uh, the way to go? No, new method. Oh, um, you tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, there isn't one. Well, there, there is. I thought you. I thought no, you said. I no, thought no, you no, said there no, is no. a new method. <laughs> no, no new method. I'm like, I'm like, you got really excited for. You got way too excited for that one. Um, I didn't ever call it the star thing. So actually, when you, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, good. <laughs> it's still. I don't like that people would say that there's. Uh, format to answer questions because I just want to feel like I'm having a conversation with the candidate, but I do want you to be complete. And if I'm asking how you would do something, using those things where this is the task, this is what I would do, 
the action. Mm -hmm. And then this is what the final result would be. It's really simple. And sometimes the old stuff, you know, I mean, sometimes the old stuff doesn't work. Like we were talking about, please don't hand me your resume. Right. Come into, but this is still, it's just tried and true. It explains it from the beginning. If they give, you know, you gave a certain situation and you explained how you were going to resolve it. And I appreciate that. Got it. So, so that's interesting that we've seen one technique go out the window and one stay, uh, which yeah. is very interesting. And the other thing with the panel interviews, just a FYI for anyone who's listening, who's an interviewer, I don't like the panel interviews. Um, it is much better for a company to do individual interviews to see the answers that each of you get. And then you kind of come together and you're like, well, I asked this question and they're like, oh, they answered it this way. And then they answered it that way. You find a lot more about people's personalities than when you all try to ask questions at the same time. And it's so intimidating for people to sit in front of a panel to walk into a room and there's, you know, any more than three people sitting there and it's just overwhelming. And I don't think you get good questions, good answers out of the candidates, but yeah, I, I've been in, I think <clears throat> I've had was five or six. And it's like, whoa, it's, guys. it's daunting. Yeah. It is. And I'm, I'm somebody who really enjoys, you know, going into a, into a, uh, like a conference room and glad handing people being like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Rob. And you, even then, you know, walking into an executive conference room and you've got, one, two, three, four, five VPs and an HR head in there. That's, that can be daunting. So good to hear that that's hopefully maybe a trend that companies steer back away from. I hope maybe, they do. Maybe. Yeah. All right. But Barb, it's, it's time to kind of bring it down to the, the last one here. And the, the last question for you that I have for you before we uh, kind of close things out here is when that time at the interview end of an interview for somebody comes and you ask the applicant if they have any questions, what on earth, is there a right answer for that? I mean, like, I, I always feel like I can, you know, get like two or three, maybe from the content of the interview and maybe prep a handful of them for, beforehand. But is there, are there more right answers than that, I guess? Going back to that note situation, mm-hmm. I'm always hoping that um, a candidate comes in with a couple of questions in that notepad. And then when it is the end, um, and I ask them if they have any questions, they should go look at the questions right. that they had Page and be through. like, yeah. yeah, and then be like, you know, I had this, this, and this, but you answered that. Because a lot of times the questions that you thought of ahead of time, somehow they, they get answered. I've, Always, I've had that happen a lot. Like, oh, yeah. God, I don't have And I questions. think <laughs> that if you can state that, you know, you even thought about that, you know, ahead of time, it just looks like you put some time and effort in okay. ahead of time, which is good. It's like doing your homework um, and you get an A from the teacher. And then um, if they haven't talked about why the position is open, that's huge. Find out, you know, why the position is open. Um you know, the position's open because this person is moving. Well, that's great. This position's open and um, how, you know, how long was that person here? They were only here a year. How long was the person here prior to that? Oh, they were here 20 years. Well, then you're like, okay, then it's the person. But if you get the consistency that every year this is, you know, turning over, might not be a good job. That's the biggest thing I always tell the the candidates, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, you have to remember you're interviewing us as much as we're interviewing you. So do you want to work for this company? You know, you, you, you really have to, I mean, unless you're desperate and you just really need a paycheck and you're just going to do it for as long as you can and fill something else. But if it's really where you think you want to be, make sure it's the right fit. So don't just be, you know, thinking about, I hope they like me. I hope, do you like us? you know, do you like this company? Um, and benefits, make sure you know what kind of benefits they have, because you can weigh against the salary a little bit. When are the benefits going to start? Um, it's just, you know, a host of things. And I know because I have millennials, Mm -hmm. um, my kids and I only have two, they're totally different. My older, um, who's a daughter, she very much pays attention to what the 401k looks like, all the things, my son, not so much. So I always have to remind him. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just something 
you, you have to really look at, especially because we're not sure what's going to happen with retirement, social security, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Make sure you've got something. To <laughs> You're just going to work forever. I, hey, hey if, if I can do this my entire life and, and people listen That's to true. me talk, hey, you know what? As, lo- as long as the vocal cords stay in, yeah. if we're doing all right. doesn't matter and, if I'm 85. <laughs> there you go. So, um, so yeah, I want, I do want people to ask questions. Try not to ask something that we've already talked about because then I feel like you weren't listening, you know, but if that happens, I'd give you a pass for one. Um, sure. But yeah, always have, always have some questions. And that's from the research that you've done ahead of time from looking through the job description, being on the company website, you know, a host of things. So. Got it. Okay. So from, from what you're saying with <laughs> the, uh, I'm trying to think what, what, what the the kind of summation I wanted to make here was the time at the end there is is except oh I was going to talk about benefits that's what it was like we we obviously know don't ask salary on the first interview like and that's not something that an applicant can or sh- well they can do but they probably shouldn't do it asking about benefits is is encouraged I would is what I'm hearing. And salary too. And to be okay. honest, um, during the initial phone interview, I always ask people what they're looking for for salary. Okay. Because if we're way off, I'm not going to spend your time. Um, if you're hoping that you're going to start a position at 80 and the budgeted is 60 and there's no way not we happening. can get to 80. And why, why would I interview you and bring you in and, and waste your time essentially True. and my time, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I'm kind of an upfront salary person. It's just, um, who I am. And I think at the end of the conversation, you can say at the end of the interview, um, I'm, I'm hoping to make, you know, 50,000. Is that, does that seem like that would work? There's no problem with that. Okay. Interesting because you're, you are bringing it up. You're not asking them the, what are you paying for this? You're saying, this is what I'm looking for. Correct. Yeah. Is that going to work? Are you going to, you know, is this position going to be able to pay that? So, um, cause they, you know, you do have to understand companies do have budgets for all yeah. of their positions. Of course. The person that's leaving the position, unless it's a brand new position, the person that's leaving was getting a salary. So generally you're going to come in at what they left at, you know? So, yeah. Or below it, maybe. Hmm. Correct. Yeah, isn't that always interesting? <laughs> yeah, it's always fun. That's, mm-hmm. replace, a, replace an older, better worker with a cheaper, younger, yet less effective, perhaps. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's always interesting. Crummy. Yeah, either way. Well, Barb, that was really a great, I think, closing there to say that, yes, you, you can almost tell, you know, like the, the salary. And, and it's good to ask about benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, for taking us down what a, a great set of uh, actionable strategies. I mean, there's a lot that I think everybody who's listening can can pull out of this and, and turn into a uh, set of actions for their next interview. So now we come to the time of the show where we're just before the end here, but you get to kind of turn this place on its head for a moment uh, and we switch roles a bit. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what did I miss? What did I miss asking today? that a job seeker in this market should really be doing to improve their chances of getting an interview or getting through to the next steps, finally up to being hired. Okay. Can I tell you how hilarious this is? Because that's what I ask my candidates at the end of every interview. I say, <laughs> what, what do you wish I would have asked you? Really? I always ask well, them that funny. because what I've learned from interviewing myself is that I would get out to the car and I'd be like, Oh, I'm really good at this. And I didn't get to talk about it. So I always ask the candidate, what is it that you wish I would have asked you? Um, I wish all interviewers <laughs> would do that, but FYI. Um, at the end, I think it's okay for a candidate to say, I just wanted to bring to your attention, blah, blah, blah. Because they didn't, you know, you didn't ask it. So I want, I want to bring that to, um, to your attention. So, gosh, what is it that I think we covered you did a great job. Good. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you passed. You get the job. Right. Hey, I got the job. That's great. 
but no, if, if there is anything that comes up, you know, obviously I think there's, there's a lot more to, to dig into on mm-hmm. this subject and, and you have been just a tremendous guest. Um, I, again, I think that there has been so much value here for people who are looking for jobs. Um, uh, and I, I would like to extend the invitation to have you back. Oh, I would definitely yeah, come back, so. especially if anybody I want. And I, and a couple of things, I want to say consistency is key when okay. you're, you know, trying to look for a position. And the other thing is because, and we did talk about that prior, not everybody looks at the applications like mm-hmm. I do. Make sure you read your job description that you're applying for and the words that are in there, put those in your resume somehow. Okay. So incorporate um, that description. But don't do the thing that we mentioned in episode six with my other friend who does the resumes on the side. Don't do the white text in the uh, so that it fools the ATS, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Good deal. But if there's a you know in the job description it talks about um, project planning or whatever it is, make sure you and you might have that in your resume anyway. But just make sure some of those keywords and you can see the keywords, but you have to because they're just having them go through, you know, and pulling them out. So. Okay. Yeah, that's huge, but yeah, no, no white text. Right. <laughs> that's frowned. That's frowned on. Good deal. So, last call. Any other quick stories that are just outrageous that we should hear before you before we close things up? No, just be on your best behavior, people. All right. <laughs> well, good thing. Good deal, Barb. Well. Again, thank you so much, Barb, for for being here and from all of all of us, you know, myself, the listeners, uh, everybody who's involved with this program. It, it's just fantastic. So before I launch into the outro here, uh, there's one last tiny little bit, and that's where you give a chance, get a chance to give what you do a shout, uh, where people can find you around the internet uh, if they like, and perhaps if they'd be interested in hiring you as their career coach uh, to help them get back in the game. So go ahead. Yep. So I have a website, barbwallacoaching.com. And I actually offer a free call always. Really? Um, so, mm-hmm. and I've gone back and forth that it's an introductory call or a discovery call or, you know, whatever it might be. But it's kind of like when you're interviewing and you want to make sure the company's a good fit. Sometimes I wouldn't be a good coach for you. Or there have been times where I've talked to the person and I'm like, I know somebody else a different coach. Cause I'm in a couple coaching groups and then sure. I can pass, you know, pass you on to somebody else. But, um, so I do business consulting where I'm working with companies to make sure their employees are getting taken care of and then do, doing some hiring. But my sweet spot is really to help people with their career coaching. And I can do the mock interviews and help you with your resume and your LinkedIn, and then follow up when you're interviewing and all the things, what I have found with people who are looking for jobs they have confidence issues. Um, there's a host of different things. They're looking for something to fill so that they're getting paid, but that's not really what they want to do. So my coaching turns into, you know, a host of different things. So I have packages, you know, that, that we can work on. So I do have the website. I'm on Facebook and it's just Barbwalla Coaching. Um, and Instagram at Barbwalla. I do right. not I I do not tweet anyone yeah, twitter twitter is so so strange but you know what hey we're on it we're on it here yeah there there you go there you go it's not for everybody um, that's for sure yeah and it's it's not for me but anyway so I, yeah i have those and i'm on linkedin excellent and um i and obviously because you know that's how we connected and i connect to a lot of people that way where they're like um i just want help with my resume and my linkedin and a mock interview and i'm like i we can do that too so okay well, it's, it's, again, it sounds like you have a ton to offer folks. And, and if listeners, maybe set up that that discovery call. I, I think there that, you go. It's free. Give you guys a call to action. Give Barb a call. And that's barbwallacoaching.com, correct? Correct. And Walla, W-A-A-L-A, right? Yeah, lots of A's. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. From Milwaukee, Fonz is big here. Anyway. Go. But uh I really do hope that, that folks do uh, take the time to connect further with you uh, because you've given so much. And, and I certainly hope that, that they can, they can not only get more from you, but that you also benefit from this as well. So closing things up here uh, on my end for us here at recruiting hell, as always uh, listeners, if you do have questions, comments, feedback, maybe, you know, somebody who's fantastic, like Barb, who should be a guest. Uh, by all means, drop us a line at uh, the uh, email inbox, the recruiting hell podcast, gmail.com. And as with last week, the social uh, media landscape of where you can actually find us has 
blown up a little bit. Uh, we'll go through that one more time in kind of this long form here uh, as the the website, uh, which is again, uh, recruitinghell.co is under construction right now. Uh, as of the time of this recording, might be up by the time you're listening to this, which is great. But you can also follow us on Twitter at, at recruiting underscore hell, Instagram recruiting underscore hell underscore podcast. We have a Facebook fan page. We have the official website, as I was mentioning, which is recruitinghell.co. And then these episodes now uh, with their video and uh, things like that are going through onto YouTube. And of course, all the content you see from us on LinkedIn. So once we get everything locked down with the website, we will shorten this bit up. But uh, for now, it's a bit uh, expansive. So be sure to subscribe, follow, or share the show pretty much anywhere. I would greatly appreciate it. And of course, you know, there are millions of Americans out there who could benefit from learning more about how to power up their job hunt. They are likely your friends and neighbors, and it's tough times, so let's get them helped out. Finally, as always, a big thank you to Purple Planet for our music, and of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, in closing, I am Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And of course, Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace. <laughs>